Deuteronomy 15. Man, I just can't, man. I am so full. I just, this is ridiculous. How many of you ever been drunk? Anybody ever been drunk? I ain't talking about last night. We smell it. I'm talking about you've been drunk in the spirit. Well, I've been feeling all day and stuff. All right, Deuteronomy 15. I got to say, I thank God for my wife. She's been married and put up with me for 38 years. May it be 39. We've been, we've been married, and some of y'all old, and some of y'all been living. And we got married, and we were seven, so that's why we... Deuteronomy 15, 1 and 2, are you there? It says, at the end of every seven years, somebody say seven, you shall grant a release, everybody shout release, of debts. And this is the form of the release. There is a manner and an act to the release. Huh, I like that. Every creditor who has lent anything to his neighbor shall release it. Everybody shout release. He shall not require it, I like that, of his neighbor or his brethren. Because, see, he's going to give you a reason why right here. He's going to give you a reason why somebody can't get back what they say you owe them. Because it is called the Lord's release. Why? It is called the Lord's release. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm free because it's called the Lord's release. And tell him, you can't do anything about my freedom. Lord, speak to our hearts and change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The beginning of the year in this church, your pastor began to proclaim reach. And, and he began to speak something about debt cancellation. Anybody remember that? And he began to use Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 1 through 2. And, and I was sitting there on the front row, Marcus, and, and I felt the Holy Spirit just kept stirring my spirit uh, about those two verses of Scripture. And I knew God was dealing with me uh, about looking at that a little deeper and developing it not only for my own life, but to be able to share it. And I'm telling somebody today, you have come at the right moment, the right time, but everything's been laid out so far this year. Now it's time for release. I believe that. I believe that what he's preaching about the kingdom of God and the Lord's model prayer to us in Matthew chapter 6 when he said, Our Father who art in heaven, which means I have a relationship with God. Hallowed be thy name, which means he's holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That means God has things locked up in heaven that he wants to release to earth if we'll just ask. I believe that. And, and I believe there's nothing greater than the power of us living with expectation. Nothing greater in my life that I get up every morning anticipating, expecting that this could be the day that something is released in my favor in my life. Anybody feel what I'm talking about? Matter of fact, I love the release so much and the anticipation of the release that I have an expectation that what God has promised me is mine. As a matter of fact, I, I give you the analogy of release based on the expectation and the anticipation based on what I do almost two days a week, and that's go to the movies. I love movies. I love going to movies, man, and learning things, true story movies, movies of action. I love, I love CIA-type movies, FBI movies. I love movies where there's killing. Just my form of release. And so I, I go to movies. In the movies, I love to get there. My family knows this. I love to get my popcorn, get in my seat, and watch the preview. Because the previews tell me something's coming. 
The previews tell me that I'm anticipating, I'm expecting that this movie to come out. I can't wait. When was that date? Coming soon. Don't you hate it when it says coming soon, they don't give you a date? Don't you hate it when you've got a promise of God in your life and he says, he keeps telling you, it's coming, son. It's coming, daughter. Just keep being faithful. Just keep waiting. But God don't ever put a date on it. And I get impatient. Anybody get impatient for what God's promised you? And he keeps telling you, it's coming soon, man. Here's a preview. But I ain't got a date on it yet. But the Bible says Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, to everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. My time is coming. Tell your neighbor, my time is coming. And so I love movies like that, and I love action movies, and I love superhero movies. I love Batman, Superman, Iron Man, Catman, you know, uh, Aquaman, uh, 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 Hulk Man. I love them all. And I kept seeing this movie being, being presented, but it was never being released. Finally, 26 days ago, they released Black Panther. Finally, the anticipation carnage, the expectation. I couldn't wait to see it. Man, that dude, I love Michael B. Jordan. I love the other guy. That dude's ripped up, man. That's me, y'all. Ripped up. I see him in the suit. And apparently, apparently people couldn't wait for the anticipation. The expectation was so great. They couldn't wait for the release. We all went, oh, my God, it was so awesome. All family went. It was so great. I wanted to go twice. It was so great. 26 days, the power of expectation, the power of anticipation, in 26 days, y'all, made $1 billion. What? Money has never left the earth. We can't get some of y'all to give $35 in an offering, but $1 billion. One with a B, y'all. That movie made $1 billion, the power of expectation. That people are ready to receive and loosen the expectation, a release on their life. I remember the power of expectation and the power of release, man, when the iPhones were released. And I remember the first iPhone, lines wrapped around the building, people camped out, put tents up. I remember a certain young man and people in this church were doing it. And remember, y'all, how the power of expectation when the Jordan shoes would be released? I don't know what number it was. I can't keep up with the numbers and the styles. I just like certain ones and colors and all that. But I think it was the Jordan 7s, the Jordans 8, the Jordan 23s. I don't know. But I remember, anybody remember Black Fridays? You know, you line up at Walmart at 10 o'clock fighting to get in the front line. People literally get trampled to death, literally, because they can't wait to get that 36-inch TV for $1.99. You know what I'm saying? So people are waiting, anticipating, expecting. And a certain man ain't going to call names, but he's got a red coat sitting on the front row. Anyway, so he's, he's waiting at the Galleria Mall. On the back side of the mall with the glass doors. Literally all night, lined up, can't wait for the release of the new Jordans. Sitting there all night long, we can't get some of y'all to get church at 11.30. You ain't smiling, you guilty. Anyway, watch. 
They're lined up at the door and pressure's being put on them and pressure against the glass. And people are lined up, people from this church lined up. And the security guard, poor security guard, comes about 6 a.m. He's getting ready to unlock the door. I'm trying to talk to him. He's getting ready to unlock the door. I'm trying to tell somebody in the spirit. He's getting ready to unlock the door. So you think I'm being funny. There's a, there's a method to my madness when I preach. There's an anticipation, expectation. Wouldn't it be great in the church of the living God that we got people to get here early, line up at the door? My God, the ushers had to fight you to get you expectation because I got up this morning I'm telling the truth right now I couldn't sleep last night not only the dog dog was barking all night but I couldn't sleep last night because I felt in my spirit there's going to be release in this house on certain people today because it's your time baby it's your time you've been praying for it you've been waiting on it somebody shout it's my time for release so they're waiting 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 and the guy finally comes with the key he unlocks the door, and, 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 and I don't know, you know, I wasn't there, but the true story account was by the man in the red coat on the front row was that that pressure is putting the glass, and the glass breaks. The cop is run over. The doors are open. Running in. One certain man that goes to this church did this, ran in, ran in the backside, turned right, and was running so fast. Hibbit Sports is raising the, the cage up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? To let people in. The man wanted to be first. He didn't want to miss out on the size of his shoes. He's running through the mall and slides in. It's the power, man, of expectation. I'm going to get mine. Y'all ain't hearing me. I'm going to get mine. Get out of my way. I'll run you over. I'm going to get mine. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. God promised it to me. And when God releases it, I ain't letting no devil. I ain't letting no person. I ain't letting no opinion. I ain't letting no philosophy. I ain't letting nobody get in my way. When God says it's my time, watch out. Push your neighbor and say, watch out, watch out. So I'm wondering who was Moses writing to? I'm wondering, because when I read the Bible, I ask questions. How many of y'all read the Bible and ask questions? I'm asking in chapter 15, because we know this is an Old Testament principle of every seven years, say seven, there is a release of debt. But but there is a principle to the the principle of God in the type and shadow, so hang with me. Well, who is Moses talking to here? Who, Who is he writing this book of Deuteronomy to? Moses is 120 years old, y'all. Come on, that's going to be me at 120. I'm going to be screeching. 120, Moses is writing writing his book. Moses is writing his book to a new generation. A generation of people where only two people that were over 20 years old entered into a promise. That's who he's writing to. He's writing to a generation of people that are destined to claim a land of promise. But the other people besides Caleb and Joshua who were over 20 did not get into the promise because that whole generation died. But Moses is now talking to people, Dwayne, who have survived literally 40 years in the wilderness. He's talking to people who have survived complaining, murmuring, sickness, death, delay. So the question is, what have you survived? 
Who am I talking to in this building watching by Facebook or the Internet? What have you survived? You are a survivor. Maybe you have survived sickness. Maybe you have sitting there and survived breast cancer. Maybe you have survived bankruptcy. Maybe you have survived hurt in your life. Maybe you have survived pain in your life. Maybe you have survived loss in your life. Maybe you have survived divorce in your life. Maybe you have survived all these things in your life that came against you. But here you are, baby, on March 25th, 2018, and you are a survivor at Hope Church. If you have survived anything, give 10 seconds to God and say, thank you. Come on, you survived it. You survived it. Don't worry what people say about you. They wasn't there with you. You survived it. You survived it. You're here. You're breathing. But I have specific things to release into the atmosphere that is going to minister, touch somebody right now. Though you have survived some things, God says you have been in delay. How do you know that? Deuteronomy 1, Moses tells them, because see, Moses tells them, it's only an 11-day journey from Mount Horeb, the mountain of God, to Kadesh Barnea. How many days? 11. How long they won the wilderness? 40 years. Y'all ain't hearing me. Horeb means mountain of God. At the mountain of God is where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments twice. <laughs> First time, he came down and got mad and broke because there's a wild orgy going on. People are going crazy, reverted back to their old ways of Egypt. Y'all ain't hearing me. They said, let's make gold calves. We don't know where this deliverer went. Moses, he ain't coming back. And Moses comes down with Joshua down the mountain. They hear him party and music going on. It wasn't praise, y'all. It was wipe me down. I, I don't know. It's just the first song that came my daughter at middle school used to dance to. I, I don't know. She's on the, she was on the dance team at Mossy Creek, and their song was Wipe Me Down. That's a whole other message. Anyway, so they hear all this party, all this music. I'm preaching the Bible to you. And, and all of a sudden, Moses breaks the Ten Commandments. He gets back to God. He hears God again, comes back down. And now, watch this, y'all, watch this. Now they have survived, but still, what should take them 11 days? Now, from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea, you're saying, where's Kadesh Barnea at? It is the place in Numbers 13 where the spies went in and looked at all that God had promised. Kadesh Barnea was where the spies went into the promise at. Kadesh Barnea represents a breaking point, crossing point on the edge of it 11 day journey took them 40 years you have survived but you have been delayed and so Moses tells them I'm telling you God says now it's time for you to turn but he said in Deuteronomy 1 and 7, he said, you've been in this mountain long enough. How many of you can testify that you've been delayed long enough? You've been in the same place long enough. I know you survived it, but now you're stuck and you ain't moved on from it. You're in a holding pattern. Now, I'm, I'm speaking some things right now. You're in a holding pattern. Matter of fact, the holding pattern has got you held up, but God said today is the day of your release. How many of you have ever flown on a plane? 
How many of you have ever flown a plane? And on the plane, how many of you have ever been in a holding pattern trying to land at a certain airport, a.k.a. Atlanta? And at the airport, you're in a holding pattern. I was in a holding pattern yesterday flying back from Florida, and I got into Atlanta, and I was ready to land because it starts getting turbulent, a little bumpy because coming in the air, the jet stream's kind of bumpy, and the pilot said it's going to get bumpy. As a matter of fact, strap in. You can't get up, go to the bathroom, strap in. I hate when they tell me to strap in. So we're in a holding pattern. And in a holding pattern, you feel like you're not moving. I'm speaking to you now. You don't feel like you're moving. You feel like no progress is being made in your life. You feel stuck. But in the delay and the holding pattern, you're really moving, but you can't really feel like you're moving. And in not feeling like you're moving, I feel like I'm not going nowhere. How many of you sitting in this room right now, you don't feel like your life is going nowhere? Thank you. Thank you for honesty. Life is going nowhere, man. I'm in a holding pattern. But I got good news for you. Today is your day of release. Today, God says, why seven years? Because God cares about numbers. Seven means completion. Seven means perfection. So God said, I'm going to bring completion to your situation. So look at your neighbor and say, this is a completion to your situation. You're not going to be in this situation forever. Because God said, now's the time of your release. Because now's the time of completion and perfection. So what was supposed to happen has happened. Has now made you more complete. Has got you on the right trail. And now, God, I'm about to get you unstuck. I'm about to get you out of delayed pattern. Oh, my God. I'm about to get you out of delay pattern. You're about to progress. You're about to move faster than you ever thought. You're stuck mentally. You're stuck spiritually. You're stuck financially. You're stuck in relationships. But God said today, who am I talking to is about to get a release, and you're about to get unstuck. If you're about to get unstuck and believe it, give him a praise. So watch now. But in this seven years of release and in this creditor thing, because I don't like creditors will keep you in bondage. Don't raise your hands. Credit cards. Owe somebody. You know, all these things, creditor. But let me, let me give you an analogy. Creditor means power and strength. And God says, God says, it's completion, perfection, seven years, the creditor. <laughs> Who you owe. Who you owe has got to let you go. <laughs> I like that. I just, I just felt myself rap right there. Who you owe has got to let you go. Go ahead, give me a little rap music. Who you owe? Never mind, quit, quit, quit. He's got to let you go. Remember in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, remember the prophet Elijah had, 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 had sons of prophets that were being schooled by him. And remember one woman came to him and said, my husband who served you is dead. And remember what she said in 2 Kings 4 and 1, she said, and the creditor is coming. God, help me preach. The creditor is coming. And, and she said, the creditor is coming. And you know, the creditor is coming to take my children, slaves, bondage, captivity. The creditor is coming to take my future, to take my inheritance, to take my promise. Are you with me? There is an accuser. My God, when Pastor Jordan said that about the devil getting kicked out of heaven, it's about to slap my own self. Because the creditor is the devil who he says you owe because of your sin, because of what you've done. You think God could never forgive you, but I'm telling you, it's your release today from your sin. 
What do you mean? It's a type and shadow of that. God said the completion, the perfection. Seven years. Cancellation. Cancel, cancel my sin. Let me, hear, let me tell you something right now. You can never pay back to God for your sin. You can't do it. I don't care how much you give. I don't care how much you beg. I don't care how much you pray. You cannot pay back what only God can release you from. That's why some of you are still struggling with your past and shame and guilt. because you're trying, You can't even forgive yourself. God's already forgiven you and moved on, and you're still stuck. And God's saying, why you keep battling within yourself? I've already released you. What do you mean? Luke chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus stands up in the sanctuary. Where was Jesus at on the Sundays, y'all? In the sanctuary. Isn't it a good habit to have to come to church on Sunday? Look at your neighbor and say, you got a good habit, man. you got a good habit. Jesus stands up in Luke 4, 419 of Luke, opens the scroll, which is Isaiah, and reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Who? The poor in spirit. Those that have no hope. The gospel is good news. Don't you agree with me that this world needs good news? Preach the gospel to the poor. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. Release to those who are in bondage. Recovery of sight to the blind. And preach liberty to those who are oppressed. And to preach the acceptable day of the Lord. Shut the book. Sat down. Wouldn't you love it if I just did that today? Read three scriptures. Shut the Bible and say, it's go. Let's go. He sat down. Because he pronounced a release. When he pronounced the release, he was saying to everybody in generations to come, what you cannot pay back, I release. My God. Isn't that awesome, y'all? The Bible says in Romans 5.8, I'm about to give you some scripture. Romans 5.8, God commendeth his love toward us. That means he showed his love toward me. When? Not when I was good. Not when I was clean. Not when I was doing right. But God showed me his love while I was a sinner. Christ died for me. That means God said, whatever you do ain't going to be good enough. You can't work for salvation. You can't pay for your salvation. You can't do enough good works for your salvation. He said, your salvation is paid by me because I see you're unclean. I see you're sinful. I see you got this crazy way of thinking. But I'm going to release you and I'm going to forgive you. And all your sins are forgiven. My God, isn't that great, y'all? You know, Pastor Jordan, I believe the church ought to be the most exciting, happiest place people come to. I can't stand a dead church. I can't stand people who say they know Christ and are dead. I can't, Mom, I can't be around people that have no energy and got no mojo to their praise and got no shout to what God's done for them because why? I don't deserve it, but he did it. Oh, you got scripture to back that up? Yes, I do. Psalm 32, verse number one. I'm going to preach to you. Blessed is the man whose transgressions have been forgiven. Blessed means happy. Happy. Why are so many Christians so angry, so mad looking, so bitter looking, and we say we're forgiven? No wonder we can't get our friends to come to church because they look at us. (laughs) They're going to say, your sins are forgiven. You died today. You're going to heaven, and you look like that. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like that. 
Happy is the man, y'all, whose transgressions are forgiven. Happy is the man. Happy is the man. Why? The next part of that verse said, For the Lord does not impute their trespasses against them. Impute is a great word. He does not charge to their account what he's already released them from. He's not going to charge you with interest. Isn't it amazing that the uh, credit cards will charge you 22% interest of something you charge and you never pay it off the whole lifetime? What you took a $1,000 loan for will take you years and you pay back 10000 God said, no, man, I'm not going to count your sin. Now, i got to ask a question. How many happy people are in this room today because what Jesus has released you from? Happy is the man. Why are some of you sitting there angry looking like you mad as hell at somebody because somebody ain't smiled at you yet? Why don't you open your mouth and do your 32, 12, 16, whatever you got in your mouth left over in your teeth and give God a smile and say that? You don't understand what he forgave me of. You don't understand I don't deserve it, but he did it, and I'm happy. Hope Church ought to be rocking. Hope Church ought to be exciting. Hope Church ought to be alive. Hope Church ought to be jumping. Hope Church ought to say, I can't wait to get there on Sunday. If I got to line up at 5 a.m., I'll get there. Write this down. Number one. God's release is based on God's timing. Say timing. What needs to be taught in the church is we all have the promise of God. Everybody say, I got the promise of God. But if you don't understand the timing of God with the promise of God, you'll get angry at God. You'll get bitter at God. You'll get mad at God. You'll get mad at the church. You'll get mad at the preacher because we say we have these promises, but we haven't seen them yet because it's based on God's timing. God has a time to release it. His promise for your life. Everybody say he's got a time for it. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 3, now here's, I got specific words for you. The first one was what? Some of y'all are in delay. God said, I'm about to get you unstuck. Second word I feel is, is prophetical, inspired by the Holy Spirit to tell you is Exodus chapter 3. Because in the timing of God, isn't it amazing that God gave the promise to Israel and he gave the promise to Abraham in Genesis 13 through 17 when Abraham finally had Isaac, all that stuff. But God showed and told Abraham that you're going to be blessed, you're going to multiply the stars of the heaven, the sand of the sea, but it hadn't happened. And God literally told him, my people are going to go into bondage for 400 years. God already knew. 400 years, y'all. That's a long time, man. How long have you been waiting? How long have you waiting for the promise? He made the promise. But they're in bondage. But now here comes the time. The time is in Exodus 3-7. Where God gives three words. And I'm giving you three words right now. God said, I have seen the bondage of my people. I have heard their cry because of their taskmaster, and I know their sorrows. I'm telling somebody right now, how many need a release in your life? You need a release. Come here, come here, come here. You need a release. Hurry. You need a release. You might want to release that phone. It might get damaged. Thank you. Come here, come here. So you need a release. You need a release. You need a release. God says this. I need a God. I need somebody to play God. Black God, good. All right. 
God says this. I need a devil. Don't look at your husband. Don't look at your wife. I need somebody to play the devil. Hurry now. Longer you wait, longer we're here. I got to hurry. All right, all right. Malia said that last night. She said, Carnage is a devil. Anyway. All right, turn around, turn around, turn around. And, 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 and grab her like that. All right, all right. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. How many of you need a release? How many of you feel like at times God doesn't see? How many of you are going through some right now saying, God, don't you see this? How many of you are in a place right now that you're praying and you're saying, God, don't you hear me pray? How many of you are in a place where you're saying, God, don't you know? God's saying, it's your time. God's saying, God's saying, Exodus 3, 7, I see, I hear, and I know. Then God said, I'm about to do something about it. Y'all better hear me, because if God be for you, I want to know who can be against you. And here's what God said, because God sits high, looks low. Here's what God says. God said, I see, I hear, and I know. I'm telling somebody right now, God has seen where you are, even though you think he hasn't. He has heard your prayer when you don't think he has. And he knows what you're going through when you don't feel like he understands. But God said, sent me today to tell you, this is your time of release. God said, I see it, I've been hearing it, and I know it. And God said, now I'm coming down. Now, I don't know about you, but I need God to come down in my situation. I need God to get all up in the middle of my situation. Anybody need God to get all up in your business? God said, if I'm coming down, you better believe there's about to be a release. Because God says, God says, God says, get on the other side, carnage, devil. God says, I'm coming down. Are y'all ready to bring you out? Wait a minute. Who has heard? I think he just said it. I listen when he says stuff. That the devil and third of his angels got kicked out of heaven. You'll find that in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. Where it says, the accuser who's always in your ear. Your mama died of it, you're going to die of it. The accuser of who? Say, folk. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 6, 31, if a thief be found out, he's got to restore. Y'all better get with me. How many times? There's going to be completion of what was taken from me. I'm hurrying. I'm hungry now. So when I get hungry, I, get, I just get done preaching. I see, I hear, I know. I've come down, y'all with me, to take you out. All right, hold, 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 hold on a second. Don't, all right, hold on a second, hold on a second. All right, devil, don't pull her shoulder out of joint, but hold on for a second. Because there ain't no workman's comp up at Hope Church. You, ain't getting, you can't sue the church. Somebody get a liability form right now. Let her, let her release form. Because if your shoulder gets out of joint, I ain't paying. Don't come talk to me. You ain't going to find me. I'm all Facebook, social media. I, you can't find me. God's coming down. Take you out. And if God, the devil has no power over God. But how many of the devil don't like let you go of your past? 
Mm, he don't like let you go of all the promises God. He tries to resist, tries to hold on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So God is stronger. So the devil might try to tug and the devil might try to, but the devil ain't got no power. So God said, if I'm coming down, I'm bringing you out. I didn't waste my time coming down from heaven. I sent Jesus. If I sent Jesus, you can be set free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Are y'all with me? So I'm coming down to bring you out. Now, if God came to bring me out and I survived it, I survived it for a reason. I didn't survive it just to survive it and just get by. I survived it to thrive from it. And God said, if I'm coming down to bring you out, I'm taking you up. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Come here again. The devil got you bound, but God's about to release you. It's my time, your time. I'm letting you out and I'm bringing you up. That tells me that God said in my time, not only are you going to get out of it, you're going to get up from it, and you're going to another level. You're going to another place. Somebody shout, it's my time. Because it's God's time for my life. Hold on. I'm almost done. God said, I'm coming down to bring you out, to bring you up. Hmm. And God said in Exodus chapter 11, verse 3, Moses, tell those people, when I come down and bring you out to bring you up, I'm giving you favor. Favor with who? I love about God. Now, hear me. I'm going to stop and say this right now. I'm not preaching for the last 30 minutes to you about something natural. Get out of the natural way of looking at it. I'm not preaching about something natural. If you want something natural, go home and turn the TV on and watch something else. I'm talking about God doing something supernatural by getting down, bringing you out, bringing you up, and now putting favor on you. With who? With your enemies. I'm going to say that again. With your enemies. God's giving you favor with people that are going to release things to you God, I'm talking, is going to release things to you that you would never, ever, ever consider. Get ready today. I'm expecting it. I'm expecting it. He's going to release something to you from somebody unknown, unlikely, a source in the world. But he said, Moses, tell the people, tell the Egyptians, when we leave, we want your silver. We want your gold. Are you crazy? We want your silver and we want your gold. Chapter 12, verse 36 of Exodus, when they got ready to leave, because God said, I didn't come down for nothing. I didn't bring you out for nothing. I didn't bring you up for nothing. I'm not going to bring you out of a bad situation and put you in a worse situation. I brought you out of a bad situation to put you in a better situation. He said, now when you go out, they went out, Jordan, with silver. They went out with gold. Went out with everything they need because your Bible says in Psalm 105 verse 37 that God brought them out with silver. If gold, I ain't coming out broke. I'm not coming out busted or disgusted. And God said there was not a feeble one among them. Second and last thing I'm done. Play, Dwayne. Release from sin, shame, guilt. It's God's time for you. Today is the day of salvation. Why are you waiting? And God says, praying about holding on and don't think I know and don't think I see and don't think I understand but God said I'm coming down and I'm bringing you up because the release of God is called the Lord's release it's not only the timing it's called the Lord's release because God remembers 
I didn't even preach this last service. I promise you, I didn't even get to this point. Because this is for somebody right here. Hebrews 6.10. The Lord is not unjust to forget your labor of love. And minister, and the way you minister and love the saints, he says, God is not unjust to forget your labor of love. And how you minister and minister his love to the saints. God is not unjust to forget. God is not unjust to forget. God is not unjust to forget. People forget you. And I'll tell you how I know. In Genesis 37, Joseph was 17 years old. And God put a dream in him. And I'm asking you this question. How long... Have you been walking with this thing God put in you? 17, man. Promise. Not time yet. 17. Hated by his family. Envy, jealous. Now, I can take it from my enemies, but when it comes from your own family. Oh, I ain't speaking to nobody. Envy, jealous, family jealous of him. Brothers hated him. Genesis 37, I've never seen this before. In verse 24, it says, they stripped Joseph of his favor, the coat. But God said, I remember. Because who was it that put it in you anyway? God. Man didn't put it in you. I've been preaching and pastoring a long time. I've seen a little bit of everything. Gone through a little bit of everything. She has too. I'll tell you one thing. I'll get emotional in a second. God never forgot me. And he never will forget me. You say, oh, you think you're special? I'm talking to you too, man. God's not unjust. That's why I'm a giver. Because the Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, that God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, he's going to reap. Come on, y'all. This ain't some gimmick up here. This ain't some manipulation to try to get you to give. You can't mock God. What you sow, you will get. Why are you so angry? I ain't angry. I'm passionate, man. This thing makes me intense. It does. I can't help it. I'm like a wild person when I get this microphone. Because I got that Cherokee blood in me. Don't give me no whiskey. Don't give me no fire water. Seventeen. Never seen this before. Thrown into a pit. The next verse, Marcus, verse 25, Genesis 37. Check it out for yourself. He's in a pit. The next verse says, and his brother sat down to a meal. He's in a pit. The Bible said the pit is empty. There's no water in the pit. There's no food in the pit. Ever felt like everybody else is blessed, but you ain't? I'm a priest to a real church. See, everybody else, they got a happy marriage and their children are doing great and they got plenty of money in the bank and they got all this stuff and you're sitting there struggling. But you know you got a dream and a promise. And the Bible said they're in a, he's in a pit empty, but the brothers are sitting down to a meal. Come on, God. It gets worse. It gets worse. He gets sold into slavery. He's taken down to Potiphar's house, Genesis 39. The Bible says this. Hear me. 
There was no worse days than the days Joseph had right here. Your days don't even compare. He's naked. He's a slave. He's got a dream. But he's standing there. Hear me when I'm telling you this. The Bible says Potiphar, who was an idolatrous worship Egyptian, he doesn't even know God. Potiphar sees something in Joseph. The Bible says Potiphar, Marcus, sees the Lord is with what? The Lord is with him. And everything Joseph does is blessed. Hold on. I thought he was a slave. He's broke. He ain't got nothing. See, this is where the supernatural I'm talking about now. It's supernatural I'm talking about now. It ain't your ability. God help me. It ain't your ability. It ain't your talent. It ain't your money. It ain't the people you know. I'm talking about God remembers something he put in you. And I don't care if you stand there broke, busted, and disgusted. God said, as long as you got me, you got everything. But hear me what I'm telling you right now. This is a Twitter moment. Success is not based on what you have. Success is based on who you have. If I got Jesus, call me old school. I'll tell you right now. If I got King Jesus, I got everything. If I got Jesus, take everything. But I still got the king. Stay red. I'm done. Come back next week and you won't get all this crazy spitting, sweating, hollering. Well, he gets that way. I see some of me in him. But he ain't got to be me. He's going to be him. I'm just talking to the guests that way because some of these guests are going, who is this crazy, wild, shouting, yelling at me person? I've been accused of yelling at people. (laughs) Just being me, man. This is my DNA. I can't help it. Watch. He's a slave. Potiphar sees blessed. He's called, he's a successful man. Everything he touches prospers. Hold your hands out like this.